Join us each week as Andrew, Ray, and others bring us in on one of their weekly phone conversations with an amazing agent. This is Little Oak Weekly. Hey, everybody. Really excited for today's episode and, in fact, next week's episode as it's an awesome two-part series with my good friend, Larry Siebert. Larry is an important foundational piece to the Little Oak family. He's been with us for many years, and he's actually just surpassed his 40-year anniversary in real estate. Larry's successes speak for themselves. You know, he has sold thousands of, thousands of homes, uh, impacted many, many families, and has a very defined and precise way of conducting himself in this business. And he has certainly been a role model and a person who many people follow and look up to myself included. So today is part one of a two-part series. I got to sit down with Larry in his living room and do this face-to-face, which also added a, a unique component that we haven't been able to do for some time. So it was just a great, intimate, personal conversation that I'm sure you're going to enjoy. In this first part, we get into Larry's early career, his perspectives on money and wealth, life balance, uh, family life, and his relationship with his son, and what that's meant to him throughout his, uh, his career overworking and burnout uh the the name of larry's boat and i'll i'll keep you in suspense on that you'll have to listen to the episode it's quite a funny story uh also we get at length into his communication strategy with his clients both pre during and post transaction uh and that actually i would say is a is something that really defines who larry and i should say and marlene are as they work together husband and wife Uh, in their strategy and philosophy and the way they work with their clients. So just an awesome episode here. Like I said, it's part one of part two. We'll we'll get into part two next week. Yeah, there you go. Enjoy Larry and myself in Larry's living room. You made a statement to me. Actually, I didn't know this. You made a statement to me and you alluded to 40 years. Isn't that fun? Are you 40 years? 40 years in January. It would be the start of the 40th year in January. Wow. Does that, so what does that feel like looking back on 40 years? Like, is that, is that shocking to you? Does it time fly? What do you, what do you, what does that feel like? Well, things have sure changed a lot. I mean, I, I would say my first <laughs> listing was one page, one page, one signature at the bottom of the page. Yeah. So things have changed a lot with paperwork, uh, all the stuff that we have to do. Mm-hmm. But you know what better yet is this is my first year. <laughs> I made six sales. In the whole year? In the whole year. So poverty. Poverty. Was that poverty then? Oh, it was poverty. Yeah. I think I made 18 grand. Wow. I almost quit real estate. I was this close to applying for jobs elsewhere. Hmm. Why did you get into it? So you were, well, 40 years ago. What I was are you? 22. You are 22, and that was your first career? I started working in a bank. Yeah. I was on a management program, hated it. I said, this is no good. I hated people bugging me. They're like everybody over top you. You got to do this. You got to do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, left that, got into real estate. Uh, I was, uh, uh, my parents actually says, hey, you know, you're really good at at selling cars because I would buy and sell cars and flip them and at my, on my driveway. Yeah. And they said, why don't you try real estate? It's better than cars. So, okay. I just sort of did that when I was in high school. And then Mm -hmm. at 22, I got my license. And uh, yeah, so year two, I was this close to quitting. Hmm. Basically, I was saying to Marlene, who we were just dating at the time, yeah. I think I'm done. I, I can't work this hard. I Did you work- feel like you sucked at it? Or what, what was the, or was the market terrible? Well, like that would have been mid 80s? Yeah, no, that was 82. Like, 82. So that's the, the worst. The crash was 1981. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that Everything, environment is just. Uh, 18%, 18% mortgage fees. Yeah. And properties went down by 50%. So it was difficult. Everybody you encountered was in a difficult spot. We were doing vendor take back mortgages and trying to buy down the rates to 15%. And if you could do that, you were gold. Hmm. Now people complain about 3%. But so that was the market back then. It was super tough. Yeah. Second year, we had the same thing going on. I mean, it took a while to, to dig out of that mess. And they said, well, if you can make it the first few years in real estate, you will make it in real estate. And so, um, hey, 
we don't, uh, like Marty and I have a faith mm -hmm. thing in our business. And we went to this uh, one church and at the time they said, are you in need? Yeah, come to this seminar. And we did. <laughs> and because like I was in need, I was really in need. I had burnt out already once. I was working so many hours, 18 hour days, nonstop, seven days a week. And I couldn't make more than 18 grand. That, I was, <laughs> I was broke. Yeah. And uh, ended up in the church. They had uh, this guy come in and it talked about Malachi. Malachi 3 said, why are you stealing from me? Says the Lord, your God, give to me what belongs to me, which is, we call it a tithe or a tenth of what we make. And guess what? It says in the Bible, test me in this and see if, God won't open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing on you that you won't know what to do with it. The seminar went on to say it's not just financial blessing, but it's health blessing and spiritual blessing sure. and blessing just in general life. And I says, well, Marnie, we certainly have nothing to lose. And I'm not really giving that much because I'm not making that much. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> but even yeah. what we made yeah. was a lot to give away if it was a tenth of that. Yeah. But we did. And we just continued that for the rest of our life. And we've just, and things just got better and better and better. And I got a business coach down the road and things got better and better. And, mm -hmm. you know, from six deals in our first year uh, to, I think we maxed, the most Marnie and I ever did was 143 or 144 sales in a year. What was that, like 2007 or something like that? Or yeah, what was that? I, was or was that 15, 16, the no, last no, boom? No, it was, it it was, was earlier. 2007 or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, craziness. I remember, I remember praying, God, if I could just make 40,000 a year, I'll be happy. Okay, well, what a short-sighted prayer that was. <laughs> <laughs> you got to learn to ask for more. <laughs> oh, yeah. Unbelievable. So was there a moment when things were, were rough in 82 or early on, is there a memory that you have where something snapped or was it gradual climb out of the despair? Like what brought you out of that place where you were ready to quit? Well, I mentioned this to you, but there was that struggle also during that time. I'm working that long hours. Mm -hmm. And did you have Jared at the time? Did uh, you have babies? Jared or? came just moments yeah. during within that yeah. uh, section of time. Yeah. And uh, it, there was a mental struggle. Uh, you know, when I was at work, I would think, oh, I should be at home with Jared and, and Marlene. And then, so I felt guilty. And then there was a struggle then, well, when I was at home, I should be at work because we're sure not making money doing you, this. Yeah, because you're broke. Yeah, yeah. And so there was a progression of that that came along over the years. And so, you know what, about uh, year 10, I mean, I, I was chasing every for sale by owner, expired listing, door knocking, phoning up and down the streets with, uh, you know, the cross, uh, what's that, the telephone directory cross uh, referencing thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all of that, doing all that. Yeah. And then I got a business coach and then I learned to, dissect well what's working and what's not working okay whatever is not working stop it and whatever is working to a degree concentrate more on that so who is that business coach that was uh joe stump by refer lonely so is that this like as far as i know that's all you've ever used or been with right yeah brian buffini was actually yes. one of joe's members at the time and so i heard a lot about brian buffini too so yeah there's a combination of that but yeah uh but brian left joe and, did and his then own it's thing. been just mostly joe yeah. And are you still engaged with? Yeah, still with them. Wow. Still learning. That's amazing. Well, you got to keep learning. Once you stop learning is you're dead. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> There's a lot of people going right, oh, is he talking about me? Um, how, so has Joe evolved in his teaching then? Because yeah. like I haven't been engaged. So I was a Buffini. I did Buffini early on in my career. And I knew actually through talking to you at that time that the two were, were similar. I've seen Buffini evolve. I've wondered if Buffini's evolved enough sometimes. And do you feel like Joe's evolved or how do you, how do, or maybe, maybe you think the evolution doesn't need to happen. What are, what's your take on that? Joe always goes on what he could bring would be cutting edge, but he's shifted a lot. He has the basics for basic realtors. And then he has something called um, his Brovance. It's his upper level. Uh, realtors yeah and in there it's more to do with your personal life and yeah uh, evolving of yourself yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. not as much about real estate right um and so there are two different sections to, to that whole thing it's evolving as a realtor and then evolving within your life to who you want to become yeah 
You know, here's a perfect, I love this example. You're going to like it too. What is life to you? Okay, that's a huge question. Mm. Joe says, if you don't have a game plan for your life, then you don't even know what you're working towards. Mm. And he says, picture it this way, a puzzle box. When you open up the puzzle box, you look at the picture, and then you start putting the pieces together, right? Okay, mm -hmm. do it blindly. You don't get to see the picture, you dump out all the puzzle pieces, and now you start putting them together. Okay, that's what a lot of people's life is like. They don't know where they're going. Because they don't have the picture. They don't the have the picture. Right. So what we invented, Marlene and I together, is a picture of what we would like our life to be like. And now sometimes things, like there's might be 15 or 20 pictures on this puzzle box of life. Yeah. And uh, sometimes they get fulfilled and then taken away because we don't need that picture there anymore. And we have a new one in there. And sometimes pictures adjust as things go. But we have a picture on the puzzle box. We know what we're working towards. Mm -hmm. And so... We don't have to wonder. And it's, you know, like many people, we were saying like, well, they want to make money. Mm -hmm. Well, they'll never achieve that because there is no end. First, they make 100,000, then they make 200,000, but that's not enough. So they keep going. They got to make 500,000, but they're still not happy. Then they have to make six and a seven and a million and more. And so, uh, oh, this is about five years ago. Uh, it was a December. Ray came to the office and he says, okay, Larry, you know how <laughs> Ray is. Ray, yeah. Uh, uh, what's the new goal for next year? What's the new goal? Like, how many deals are we going to do? He's like rubbing his hands together. What, what, right. what, what are we going, what are we chasing? Right, right, right. I says, Ray, I says, last, this last year, I was able to take eight weeks off. Next year, I'm going to try and do the same amount of business and take 12 weeks off. Mm -hmm. What? Yeah. He says, how old are you? I says, I'm old enough to do that. Yeah. And so it was the, sh the new goal part of our puzzle box had changed. Totally. Yeah, and, that's good. And we took 12 weeks off and now we are counting. Okay, so if you take a Sunday off, great. Mm -hmm. We always try to do that. Sometimes we want to take Saturday off. We'll try to do that. Count them. Yeah. Count them. And then how many trips are we going to do? How many vacations are we going to do? Mm -hmm. which, which big one are we doing this year? Mm -hmm. uh, that's the goal. And what are we going to do to make that? Uh, it's not, I have to, in order for me to get 10 sales, I have to make 50 calls. I have to do 25 uh, CMAs and blah, blah, blah. I am I'm done with that. Did you, so, but you did that. Oh, I did that. So that was rigorously. So, so sometimes in these conversations, okay, so let me, let me phrase it this way. I would view you as the, you know, you're the elder statesman. You're Gandalf. Okay. Like you're Gandalf in your career. And old, when, and so old. when you're you're old, you're wise, but you've you've done you know, and so your perspective is such where your your picture, as you say, is to do those types of things, right? Maybe eight, twelve weeks of vacation, and you say, well, I'm done with you know the chase. I think it's true to say, I think you're going to agree with this, is that when you're ascending the mountain the chase is required totally. to get up the mountain. So you want to go back there? Well, no, I'm just saying like, how do you find, so uh, I'm, I'm maybe asking this for myself because I would actually say I'm actually somewhere in the middle. I'm not, you know, like I've, I've chased for 18 years and I enjoy the chase, yep. but the chase brings struggles and challenges and conflict uh, personally and, you know, in, in every area of life. Mm -hmm. So how did you, transition and what's your opinion on that transition when's the right time to transition and then like when you're looking back now do you look back on the chase with fond memories or do you feel like you made mistakes and you chase too long and then how do you talk to somebody who's 29 or 30 who wants to be where you are and you somehow want to help them get to where you are but you also want to have them maybe not make some of the mistakes you made. You know what I'm saying? Like, just mm -hmm. how do you view that picture? Because I feel like that's a that's a really big, complicated, layered onion that everyone wants the answer to. Yeah, I agree. Let's start with what's important to you. Yeah. Because that's really where the chase starts, with what's important to you. So, so when, so I would, I'm going to say that if we just try to, like, I'll, so I'll use myself as the guinea pig. Okay. So at, from early, I got married young like you, 2022, 20, I think, yeah, 22, kids early. And 
what was important to me in the early years was literally how to get food on the table. Yep. Like we, we were living off nothing. And then even when that, well, even when I got past the discomfort, right? Like, so year one or two into the business, it's like, okay, now I'm making some money. I'm still not comfortable because you know that you're a month or two or three from like being broke again. And then the other thing is, is like ego, I think egos, egos are really complicated and wonderful thing, but it needs to be managed. And you know, my ego wants to ascend and it's wanted to ascend. It wants to accomplish. It wants to do what's And then it's constantly, you know, finding the balance of, you know, who am I doing this for? Am I doing this for my family or I'm doing it for myself? And I've actually come to the conclusion now, I used to say, so when I was 25, 26, 27, working my ass off, you know, home late, missing dinners, I would say, I'm doing this for you guys. And what I say today is that I don't actually think that was as true as I, or maybe not at all true or less true. I think that most of what I did has been for myself in the sense that I was only ever going to do something that I was going to enjoy. Now, I'm fortunate that I've been able to find a circumstance where something I love also has been an incredible blessing to my family. Very cool. But I think that that's a, I think that that's not necessarily a given for everybody. And I'm just, I think every day that goes by, I'm realizing like, no, I'm still, I'm doing this for myself. Is my family benefiting? Yes. But I'm not getting up early in the morning and coming and doing this with you or whatever, because it's out of like some sense of slavery. No, like I love it. I'm here because I want to be here and it's giving me life. I'm rabbit trailing a bit, but here here we go. Let's go back. So if we would take a picture, look at that puzzle box picture. Okay. In there somewhere there are at least two, three, four things that are super important to me or to you and your puzzle box. Yeah. So mine was, I wanted a great income. Second, I wanted to have a great marriage. Yeah. And third, I wanted to be a great dad. And so we started with that. So Zig Ziglar, do you remember that name? Oh, I, I, used, ago? I used to watch. So Ray, <laughs> speak how many times are you going to mention Ray today? Hey, Ray. Ray got me onto Zig Ziglar and Jim Rohn. Oh, yeah. And there was probably a couple other guys, but those two names pop out the most. And Zig, Zig's a legend. I mean, he's... So Zig helped me just with two things the most, the, the most memorable, yeah. is find out what they want, keep doing that, and you're going to have a great business. But for the puzzle box, it was more of what amount of time per day or per week or per month do I want to devote to real estate? What amount of time am I going to devote, devote to my kid? Because mm-hmm. we only got one. And what amount of time I'm going to devote to Marlene to have a great marriage? And I wrote down my numbers. This many hours a week, this much for Jared, this much for Marlene. So that meant date night. Yeah. That meant every time, every night, be home at six o'clock. And from six to eight o'clock, I'm home, phone is off. We're having dinner together. And play time with Jared. And when whatever did, that meant. When did you start that? When he was three. And and you stuck to it like the phone went off. Till he left the house. Huh. Till he got married and left. And you know, it evolved for I mean, playtime with Jared. Here it goes. You're gonna have fun with this. So it would be going downstairs. We have a big unfinished area downstairs, throw on some hockey uh, uh, rollerblades. Sure. And we'd yeah. play hockey. We yeah. had a 92-pound Doberman, slap shots. She would take it in the mouth. <laughs> and Jared would sometimes hit her with that stick so hard. But we would just have a blast. Yeah. Uh, I've got arthritic legs, so I've got a hot tub. Jared and I, every day, mm. guaranteed, would spend time talking in the hot tub. We were close. There was no, nothing uncovered. Everything was out in the open. Uh, any topic, anything, anything. Uh, but when he was five or six, I uh, started to think, well, you know, like, like, what if I die and he doesn't really get to know who his dad is? Hmm. So every time, at, I think it was at five or six years old, I started a binder for him. And every time I saw him doing something good, whether it was with his friends, doing something good with mom, doing something good in school, doing something good, like he was on a snowboard team, doing something, he took a good line, whatever it was, I would write about it and say, I am so proud of you, Jared. Hmm. Today I saw you do this, this, this with your friends, or do this, or this, do this. And 
Man, you are growing up to be a great young man. Mm. I can't believe the wisdom that you have already. Love your dad. Mm. I did that till grade 12. It was a four inch binder, hundreds of pages full, and give that to him. Wow. Yeah. So I think that would be for me. That was part of your picture. Yeah. That was part of the picture in your puzzle. That was a good picture. Yeah. Uh, for, for Marnie, date night, making sure we're good with each other, making sure that we don't have drama. One of the things I've said too is we've never had a fight in 37 years. In the business or in life? Are you kidding me? Marlene and I have never had a fight in, in 37 years because here it is. And this is where I protest language. Language is very specific. We need to get, we need to get Marlene on the mic Listen right now. This. This. <laughs> no, she'll agree with me. She'll agree with me because this is the language. When you and I went to school and we had an altercation with somebody, mm -hmm. we took it out into the hallway or outside sure. and we duked it out. Totally. That yeah. was a fight. Yeah. As soon as you get married, some wise person has to escalate words of communication that you don't agree with is a fight. That's bullshit. Mm -hmm. That's just a difference of opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Words that, okay, she wants to do it this way and I want to do it this way and we don't get along and we disagree or whatever. That's not a fight. No, that's just that's, two human beings. Yep. Yeah. So we've never had a fight. And so... She's never cold-cocked you. That's what you're trying to say. <laughs> so that's exactly it. And I've never, you know... <laughs> done anything like that to her. So, <laughs> so ends up, uh, there's a lot of ways you can diffuse things and do it now because she's one, I don't want to divvy up half of what I've made and try and look for a new person to get married to and all of that stuff and train her, <laughs> train the next person. No, we've gotten along for 37 years plus we dated four years before we got married. So work on it, make it work make it happen do what it takes it's work and you know what i found the best words in marriage are not i love you those are not the three best words in marriage it's i am sorry and there's a couple more behind that would you forgive me there those are the most important three words there that's how we have a good marriage <laughs> and uh and so let's go to the working hard so i wanted to have a great business so when I was young, I was always told, hey, work super hard while you're young. Enjoy the fruits of your labor when you get older. So I worked super hard. I burnt out twice, worked too hard. And I learned how to gauge it. How did you, so when you say you burnt out, what did like, yeah. that look like? Like, are we talking? Sick, went to the doctor. Yeah. They said, don't know, They're, they took blood tests. They did this, they did that. Sure. You're, you're, you're wasted. You're just, yeah. you're just physically wasted. Yeah. And so Marlene in her wisdom booked tickets to Cancun for two weeks and said, we're just getting out of Dodge. And now we have to rethink how we're doing this. Yeah. And uh, she wasn't uh, a partner yet in my business at the time. She was working at uh, Canada Trust yep. doing mortgages there. Yeah. So after that, we use that Zig Ziglar term to say, okay, how much time wisely can I invest and not burn out and still give time to Jared and Marlene and other stuff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then so we figured that one out. And then as you know, so yeah, I still worked those many times 10 and 11 o'clock at night. Sure. But then slowly things started to get better and better. All of a sudden we're on the medallion club. Great. You're in the top 10%. Woo woo. And so then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're doing better and you're doing better. And then we got a business coach. I was mentioning to you, mm -hmm. I think it was about year 10, uh, got a business coach mm -hmm. in that, in that time frame. And then we started to really change things up and I needed help. And so I said, well, where, like, I realized, you know, I'm doing, I don't know, this many deals, maybe 40 some odd sales, I need help. And so I was gonna start to look for help. And, and then I hired this young gal. And you know what? There's another area you have to be cautious with because so you hire this gal, she's pretty. And uh, guess what? In the first week, we already went to bed together. Hmm. Well, I forgot to tell you, she was my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, at a moment there, I'm like, whoa, Larry's really going for it here. He's really opening up. That's amazing. So, Marlene, so when did Marlene join you? Yeah, uh, 27 years ago. 27. So she, well, she's been out a long time then too. So Marlene quit her full-time job. Listen to this. She was making a okay wage at yeah. uh, TD Canada Trust doing mortgages. Okay. And we struggled initially to say, okay, am I going to hire somebody outside or are we going to do this together? Are we going to make it together as a team? Because mm -hmm. husband and wife teams can really blow apart nicely. 
Uh, no, it's yeah. not meant for everybody. There's lots of examples of that. And so we said, you know what? She says, well, if you're going to pay that much uh, for a good assistant, then let me at it. Hmm. And so she quit twice in the first year. I fired her three times in the first year. True story. <laughs> you can ask her. And then we figured out how to do it. And we segregated our business. You deal with this, you deal with this, you deal with this, I'll deal with that. Mm -hmm. after, this, after that first year, I told her, go get your license. We'll hire another person. Yeah. I need more help. Yeah. And then so she became our buyer's agent. And then she took on the role as buyer agent and all the financials and anything like that. The uh, assistant would do all the paperwork, the phoning of the people and make it setting up appointments and whatnot. And I would work with the marketing and the sellers. Mm -hmm. And we figured it out. And we've... It's, the same way till today. Yeah. And as long as I didn't run over across to her line and tell her how to do it, mm -hmm. and she didn't come over across mine, we have a great relationship. Hmm. And you, so you're 40 years, she's 27 years. Do you have, like, do you think about stopping and retiring? Or do you just feel like, yeah, you know what? We love doing this. We just go, like, we just keep going because we love it. And that's what it is. Years ago, I woke up in the middle of the night. We used to lead uh, a young married group here, mm -hmm. right in here where we're sitting. Yeah. We had eight young marrieds in here for eight years, the same eight couples. They were all married three months or less. Hmm. And they were a mentoring, mentoring. We were the mentoring group to them. Marty hmm. and I were sort of the mentoring couple. By the time the end of that eight years left, there was 23 kids downstairs. They really like they produced. Re, they reproduced. <laughs> they really reproduced. What were you teaching them? I don't know. <laughs> uh -huh. Be fruitful. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so you know what? That was my little care group, I called it. Sure. And I woke up apart, I don't know, many, many years ago. And, and it came to me that all my clients are my larger care group. Hmm. And so we shifted our newsletter towards giving them some pieces of goodness, whatever we could, that I could use for life that they could use in their life. Not just, oh, you, you know, try this, try this. Here's what Marnie and I are doing. We found blah, blah, blah in our life. Hmm. And, or why going away is important. Why even when, when you were in the thick of it, like going crazy with, you know, a hundred plus deals, we would take off every two weeks and go to a Suez. We had a place in the Suez. Yep. We would take off for three days and just do a getaway. Mm -hmm. Guess what our boat, the boat's name was out on business. So that was the name of the boat. I had it right on the back That's of the boat. That's amazing. So when somebody called, I said, I'm out on business right now. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> but so there is that whole thing of give and take to be able to, why I bring the care group in here is that all our clients became sort of like my bigger care group. So what can I do to enhance their lives besides real estate? Then we started client party and we started letters from the heart. What we've learned this week this month or whatever something and then just start that joe calls it dripping mm -hmm. you're dripping on the clients every month you're dripping a piece of goodness on them and so all of a sudden you know when you i don't know we were probably with i think we calculated once we've we've touched about four thousand contracts in our 40 years wow so the idea of there's a lot of people that we play with mm -hmm. and we see them up close but we we're still not doing a lot of zoom i like getting into their Totally. place and talking to them yeah. like, like we're doing right now, mm -hmm. eye to eye. And uh, so, you know what? We can impact those people in ways that you don't even know. So for instance, we're invited to funerals. We're invited to weddings. I was a first call when a guy's wife committed suicide. Mm. One o'clock at night. Um, so there's, I guess, uh, what? It's not just real estate. No, your connect, the connection is... So, do I get tired of messing around in people's lives besides real estate? No, I think it's what I'm supposed to be doing. So where do I end until I can't do a good job for people anymore? Right. Okay. Yeah. When I hit that number, whatever that is, yeah. if I mentally go kaput, yeah. uh, then I'm done. Yeah. But right now I still can and yeah. I love it. You're in your prime. So why not? Yeah, that's good. You talked about in preparation for this, you actually, you talked about processes that I wanted to ask you about. It's, you oftentimes hear people say, you know, have systems, right. systems of communication. And 
you know, I have systems of communication. I know a lot of agents that have systems of communication. But actually, in the little snippet that you and I chatted about it in preparation for this, you, you kind of blew my mind actually a little bit with some of what you said in terms of, I think, the volume of communication that you have with your clients pre, during, and post transaction. Hmm. Or, or maybe I misinterpreted, I don't know, but I want to ask you about it. And I want to know, like, when did that, you know, how did, how did you evolve into that and where you are today? So maybe just like, what does it look like practically if a client is doing a transaction with you, how often, you know, maybe start with a listing, like sure. what is the communication uh, touches like? We, we have a system we call before, during, and after. Yeah. So be what's our before unit would be is the client's thinking about it but he hasn't committed yet. Like they're not on the market. They're not on the you've market. Chatted, you've chatted. They're chit-chatting. Yeah, they might yeah. say, hey, we're thinking of doing something or yeah. this or that. Yeah. So that's before. Okay. Uh, you might do an evaluation, but they're still not committing. Sure. Yeah. So we have a series of emails and emails with videos. Probably used to be just text years ago, but yeah. now it's emails with videos. Well, years ago it was send this email out. Right. And then one week later, send this email out. Right. And then one week later, send this email out. That would be to the assistant, right? And you were producing it individually every time. Well, it we wasn't to, systematized. Yeah, there was, there was, we were producing it. Maybe I had sort of a bit of a, a map of what I wanted to say. Sure. Yeah. But it was a new email for each time we did it. And then we started to say, like, okay, why are we doing it that way? Let's get a really good email. Here's email number one. But it can be sent to a hundred people every time I have a person in this situation. And then week two. So what are we going to talk to them about week two about this? Week three. Well, we did that evaluation. I know that you haven't made a decision yet, but is there something that we need to talk about? Is it this? Is it this? Is it this? That's week three. Week four, they still haven't made it. And we got it for, actually, I have one year's worth of <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. One year. So after a year, if they haven't done anything, I love it. I then love it. hit the F9 three, button. Three months in, people are like, just shit, put it on the market already with them. Larry, so don't leave us alone. There is the before. Uh, then the during. Okay, they've signed up with you. Yeah. Now what? So again, it used to be, oh, a phone call, thank you for listening with me. This is what to expect. Here's how it's going to go and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. uh -uh. So now we do it and we've got it automated now where we click one button on our system and we have emails weekly and videos that go out for up to 90 days. It's just automated. It's yes. doing it. And so week one, week two, week three. So week, week one is, hey, thanks for the listing. And here's what you can expect to occur in the next week. Mm -hmm. Week two, week three, all the way through it. So, you know, if you think about it, the emails that you're sending out or the calls that you're making, they're all the same. Totally. You're just repeating yourself. Totally. Okay, yeah. so yeah. we took that and ran that into then a system. And then once we have an offer, you stop that system. And I ha have another button we'd press. It's getting an offer. For the now during what, or whatever. Now what yeah. to do? Well, yeah. you're going to get an offer. So here's what to expect. Now we have two different ones there. If it's a cash offer, here's a system that goes on that way. If it's a subject offer, we have a different system. What you're going to expect is in the next couple, or in the next few days to a week to come, you're going to get maybe an appraiser coming through. You're going to maybe get uh, an inspection. The people have to get their financing together. Most contracts with offers that are subject include this, 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 this. So, and then here's what it takes to remove those subjects. Now, on subject removal date, we need to get some more papers mm -hmm. by, from the buyer. And, and so we, we, we discuss everything all the way through. If you have questions, give me a call. Best time to call me is between this time and this time. And then so now they know what to do. And then so then we get subject removal. Now we hit a different button. Now, okay, so we have before, during. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's all the way to during. We're still in during. Mm -hmm. And now what happens? Okay, we need to get you uh, a lawyer. Here's our choice of lawyers. Here are a few lawyers I've interviewed. Feel free to choose sure. one of them or choose somebody else that you prefer. Yeah. Uh, lawyers costs. Here's what normally costs are. And then so you have a, a series. Now on that one, we start from say, I have, a, I have three different ones, uh, buttons that we can press there. So if it's a 30 day close or 35 day or 28 day, we hit that one. If it's a 60 day close, if it's a 90 day close, 
So, and then we have emails and videos going all the way through till closing. And then, okay, now that's, okay, that's the during part. Now you have the after. So what's after? Okay, you got your commission check. They've got their money. You may have helped them buy something else or they may have not purchased. Here's the after effect. So we go out for about 45 days after. Hmm. And so day one, how did the move go? Or is there life after a move? Maybe in a week afterwards, you know, we sure had a lot of communication together. I think, I think we actually miss you. And what does that mean? Do you remember your super memory? Okay, you got to, you have to describe that. So I, there's a lot I want to come back to there because it sounds like, so, but actually maybe before we get to super memory. Yeah. If I'm hearing you right, I think in a normal world, and by normal world, I mean maybe eight or 9,000 homes for sale in the Valley instead of 3,000 homes and average days on market, say between 30 and 45, rather than seven Five. or whatever. Yeah. In a normal world, it sounds to me like a client of yours who's a listing, it's quite possible that they are receiving 30 to 40 communications from you from the time they meet you and start talking about going to market, then listing, being on market, and post. Is that, that's, that's accurate. Oh, sure. And that's not including the text messages, the calls, the personal, whatever. That's right. Like that is, I mean, no one can ever say they haven't heard from you. And you got to fill them with something that's usable. Right. So then the, all this content, like, I mean, surely you didn't do this, you know, 30 years ago. You've evolved into this. Yeah. So do you refresh your content yeah. every year? Because that's a lot of content you're making. We review it. And some of it becomes non-existent because just if, turn... if things are selling so fast, yeah. we don't use that whole system. We have a different system for the quick sales, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but guess what? They still want to hear from you. You can have a quick sale. It takes five days to sell it, but there's still a 60 day closing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They want to hear from you. Mm -hmm. Or did they just take the money and leave those realtors? <laughs> That's so good. You know how they go. Yeah. It's that, that is, so I have, you want to hear, I'll, I'll sheepishly admit something. So for after I have a client do a transaction, they get between firm deal and closing other than phone calls, you know, personal phone calls. I only have two communications. That's nice and simple. I have and like, you know, now I'm looking at myself going, geez, maybe I'm not in touch enough, but I have, I have one that goes out immediately after that basically says like, Hey, you know, congratulations, whatever. We resend one more set of all the paperwork in that communication because people lose, lose stuff. They put it, whatever, like, Hey, for your records, Here's everything as a reminder, you know, there might be a reminder or two in there, but then from there, it's kind of like sayonara until I have a three week communication go out three weeks prior, prior to, to close. Closing. So we program it to go three weeks prior to close. And it's like, Hey, you know, we're getting excited. Sure you are too. Here's a reminder. And then there's like 10 bullet points, right? Cable, TELUS, gas, whatever. And then the other thing I put in there is if there was something that the client is contractually obligated to do, it's a reminder of that. Yeah. Don't know, take because, the fridge and stove out. Or, or like, hey, you were going to fix that railing. Remember, that's part of the deal or whatever. That's all I do. I don't, I mean, I don't, I've only. Well, I'm not saying mine is right. In fact, we changed some of it with people felt that it was too much. We yeah. changed it to every 10 days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, for some though, some need hand holding. Yeah. You, and you know who they to are. Totally. Yeah. And so, you know, you can vary it. It doesn't mean yeah. you have, it's not cookie cutter. You can, we can, you can yeah. have a variable amount. Yeah. So we have one for investment properties. Okay. Well, all those that people stuff, need less. Yeah. They, yeah. They need, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that stuff like, well, remember to do this. And by the way, this, 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 okay. They don't need any of that. This, yeah. get your water and hydrometer red or whatever yeah. you want to do and get yeah. us the key. But there's still stuff along the way because on our, when we get a listing, mm -hmm. I ask, a special question. You know, our job here is not just to sell the place and make you happy, Mr. Seller, but how we look at success is if I really do a good job, are you the kind of person that would consider introducing me to somebody that you care about? Not because you feel obligated, but you want them to have the best health possible. Yeah. Are you that kind of person? Like if we do, if I earn your trust and do a really good job for you, because I try and work through referrals, you are my billboard. 
would you consider that? And if it's yes, mm -hmm. then guess what? Mm -hmm. There's a, a bunch of more communication going on with, hey, you know, when we first met, we talked about being our billboard. Yeah. And I know based on our super memory, you said that we had a great transaction together. You're super happy with things. And you've said that this, this, this. Yeah. And I was just curious, have uh, you run into anybody yet? Because I haven't heard from you. So that probably means no, but don't worry about it. All my clients do, whether it's in the first month or in the first six months, mm -hmm. we're going to look forward to hearing from you. Mm. Nice and simple, not too, not condescending, yeah, but yeah. just a reminder of yeah. if we did a great job. Yeah. So you actually, this is, I think a vast majority of people struggle with this. They can't wrap their head around this idea. And I know I can say I was one of those people at one point in time, but you in your process, when you sit down with people, you're setting them up, not setting them up, that's the wrong word, but you are setting Preparing the stage. Them. You're setting the stage saying, this is how I operate. This is how we do life. Here's our philosophy. If you're working with us, here is a, uh, an expectation that we have, or a, not, not, I don't want to say an expectation. Not expectation. It's not a condition, if but it's like- If we earn your trust. If we earn your trust, and do here's a great an job ask. For here's you. what we ask. Here's what we are hoping we could do together. And so I'm sure sometimes you have people say, pound sand, we're not into that. Or how does it go? Like, you know, obviously it works a lot. Clearly it works a lot for you. But what about, have you ever had any weird conversations in that where somebody goes, hey, you know what? I'm actually just here to get my household, like go away kind yeah. of thing. I don't want to have that conversation. Yeah. And you just end it and whatever. It is what it is. Oh, and you say, okay. Then you look at yourself and say, okay, uh, they don't, or they aren't going to refer anybody. Mm -hmm. Do I want to take this deal? Mm -hmm. Is there enough money in it for me to do this mm -hmm. or whatever? Yeah, it depends on what it is. Yeah, what, It depends on what it is. Yep. And then we just call it a one-shot deal. Yeah. But guess what? You're going to deal with that differently then. Definitely. Yeah. And the people who want to refer, you want to let them prove themselves what kind of people they are. I have one client that has worked with us 21 times hmm. and has probably given us over 20 referrals. Like you're talking a million dollars. That's, that's yeah. a million dollar client. Yeah. I sold the property for free for him once. Yeah. Him and his wife. Why? Yeah. Because that was his gift for that many times. Yeah. We've gone on little holidays. Yeah. We've done a few things. So the level of, like, you know, there's go-to people in the world. Go-to. People mm -hmm. go to them for information. People go to them to get a, a good person. Whoever those go-to people are that you have worked with, you want to nurture the crap out of them yeah. because you want them to tell their friends, here's the guy to go to, Martin and I. And, and so, so you have different levels of, of attention. So we have our top 10 clients. Mm -hmm. We have our top 25, our top 50, our top 100, and then there's the rest. Mm -hmm. And for each of those groups of people, I mean, it's, I, I know the answer to this, but I'll just draw it out. You have, you have a different communication style and plan, marketing plan for each of those different categories of people that you do on a yearly basis, correct? Yeah, there's different things that go on for yeah. like the top 10. Yeah, they're, 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 those people are gold. Those are gold. Yeah. That's the, you know, like, uh, you know I, I read this to my granddaughter. Fee, fi, fo, fum. <laughs> I smell the blood of an angel. Well, guess what's the first thing the guy steals? The chicken that laid the golden egg. Mm-hmm. Well, you better be really wonderful, truly, not marketing, not the realtor. You've got to be wonderful. Mm. If you got, and you know what? Those top 10, we click, we, we click with them. We are friends with them. They're your people. We are involved in their life. Yeah. It's just that way. I've joined bands. I play guitar for, since I was, I don't know, 10. Yeah. I've gone into people's bands and played with them because they're that kind of people. Or we've gone and joined a weekend away, or we've, we've done some wild stuff. Yeah. Because that's what they were into. Good, let's, I mean, not wild crazy, but yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. just stuff. Why, yeah. why not? Yeah, relationship's worth it. So you're, you, I'm gonna fumble the name, your memory thing. Super memories. Super memories. Just explain what that means and what you do with that. So like every time that you're working with somebody, there's going to be some residual thoughts going through their head yeah. when it all is said and done. 
Yeah. So many times, like, so at the end of the transaction, maybe before completion or uh, maybe when we get subject removal, whatever, on a big hurrah day, whatever that could be. Sometimes it's, got, you know, just got them 200000 over the asking price these days. So there's a big hurrah. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, no. Uh, yeah. You have the sold sticker. You do this. You, you give them the sold sticker. We came with a bottle of champagne and maybe three flutes and going to have some champagne together or whatever. Yeah. Whatever people like. You can sort of do, use that for your own thoughts. Okay. What a perfect time. So at that point, you're, you're getting high fives. You're getting a hug. They're just super happy. Well, two things that happened at that time. I will ask them to do a video for me and of a testimonial. Hmm. And, but before we do that, I'm going to ask them about what their super memory was. Hmm. So the super memory is, okay, take a look from start to finish of the transaction. Sure, the best moment. What is, was the very best moment out of everything that you can remember? Was it the way that we took our video, our pictures? Was it the way that we did this? Was it this? Was it this? You know, sometimes you and I think it's something. It is not that at all. Right. One person said, Larry, I love the way that you handled all those offers. You were totally in your comfort zone. Mm, and we yeah. could see it. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I go, oh, I didn't even know I had a comfort zone. You know, that's yeah. what they said. Yeah. Uh, so whatever the super memory is, then you write down his super memory. And, you know, if he's married, you write down her super memory. Mm -hmm. And then you tell him what your super memory is. And my super memory is how they treated things. Mm. how they didn't get tense about something or how sure. they Trust. really amped up who they were. They, they were, they were, here's Joe's word and I don't like it, but vibrating on a different level. Like they were really good human beings. Mm. So what can you bless them with? Mm. There's a thought. So my super memory is always looking at who they are, how they treat each other uh, during the, the stuff, how they treated me, uh, how it went that way. And their super memory usually is the transaction. Mm -hmm. It could be the money, yeah. but it's many times it's how the transaction went, how sure. maybe we got back to them with all the showing requests or this or that. I don't know. Everybody has their own thing. Yeah. So that's their super memory. So if you've got a great situation with them and they're saying thank you and giving you hugs and all that stuff, which happens a lot in yeah. the way that we're doing business anyways. Uh, so then, hey, by the way, guys, you know, can you, would you do me a favor? You don't have to say yes, but I'd sure appreciate it. You know, there's a lot of people right now kind of like shaking in their boots about this market. They don't know what to expect. They're kind of like freaking out. Would you do me a favor and just tell them your story? I'll give you some coaching. I'll ask some questions. I'll make it all like, look like a nice video and we could help others. Do you mind helping others go through just what you did and also give them a great super memory? And most of them are like, yeah, absolutely. I'd say 90% plus. So are you doing that like right? On at, the spot. Like literally like you've just removed conditions yeah. or whatever. And it's like you're getting the emotion of the yeah. moment and, and nailing it. That's when you get the, that's when you get the yeses. Totally. And then, so then what are you doing? Okay, so two things. What are you then doing with that video that you create? And yeah. then the other piece, which is related but unrelated, is what are you doing with those super memories after the fact? Sure. Let's go to the super memories first. Sure. Super memories are things that that client will be remembered for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So then a quick phone call uh, down the road or a letter or a text or a whatever, just reminiscing because from that point to completion, you might have 60 days. Mm -hmm. You can say it two or three times in that time. Oh, so you'll use this not even, like you'll use it in between subject removal and closing, not after closing. Well, I'll use it after closing But too. you'll use it even before as well. Well, I guess when you get the most, Right. You get the most referrals between sold and move. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, or maybe about 45 days after the move. And then that, it's done. That's yeah. the opportune time. Totally. So super memory comes in mm -hmm. and you laugh with them over the phone about that super memory. It wasn't that fun. You know, I thought you might say this, but it wasn't that. And here's your super memory and Mrs. So-and-so and blah, blah, blah. And guess what? So it instills, it becomes bigger than life. Mm. That's what I remember about Larry and Marty now. Mm -hmm. I don't remember anything else. I remember that. Mm. And you might have actually rewritten their super memory just a little bit better than how they've said it. <laughs> it's still what they've said, mm -hmm. but it just really flows nicely. Mm -hmm. And now they've got a super memory. And so when they want to refer you, guess what they first think of? 
the super memory. Totally. So they have something to go back to instantly rather than say, well, here's our realtor. Uh, we we kind of like him and he, he, he did good for us. Well, that's not much of a super memory. <laughs> yeah, that's and that's a, not much of an yeah. advertising versus Versus uh, you should have seen Larry. We had nine offers. He leveraged the situation. He was in his comfort zone. You could tell this is what he really loved. And we came away with 70 grand more than we thought. And the guy was unbelievable. Like that's, that's how one story would be. That's a super yeah. memory. Yeah. Yeah. And so then there, there's the part of the super memory. But at the point, pinnacle of when people are feeling their best, mm -hmm. it's use your subject removal. Yeah. Or cash offer. Yeah. So if you have a cash offer, you better have your camera ready to roll. Mm. Then it's get your, some people call it a content testimonial rather than a testimonial. So give it more of content. So ask the questions. Hey, what was happening in your life that you decided to make a move and how did you choose to work with us? Mm -hmm. Question one. Question two. So during the time that we were for sale, what did you like? about working with us? What, what do you think were some key things that if you were gonna refer somebody? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah, <laughs> hypothetical, hypothetical. Hypothetically, hypothetically, if you were gonna refer somebody, yeah. what would you tell them about how you were treated? What was our bedside manner right. while we were for sale? Yeah. How did it go with the offer? What did you like best about that? Mm -hmm. Great, hey, thanks a lot, guys. By the way, so if you were, had a friend, if you just had a friend, I'm sure you have a friend, but if you had a friend, mm -hmm. thinking of making a move in the next 60 to 90 days, mm -hmm. and that friend approached you and said, yeah, I was thinking of making a move, let's role play it. What would you tell them right now to encourage them to consider working with Marty? Mm -hmm. What would you say? Mm -hmm. Well, if I had a friend, da, 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 da. great. Now you have great video. Chop it up, cut it up, get it to a point that sounds good, now, depending on what the next person needs, I have a video of many different conflicts of what's going in people's minds. They are scared. They're not going to find something. Oh, let mm -hmm. me tell you, let me send you a couple of videos on that. Uh, their place looks like a pig pen, like it's a dog breakfast. Yeah. And you're going to say, here's how we set up these clients' homes for showings. And here's their testimony about how it went mm -hmm. and how much more they got for their place. So you can have an artillery room full of video content that, yeah. okay, your next client, let me see, what are they doing? Okay. That video, that video, and that video, you got to send that to them. Now, guess what? I don't work with all people because mm -hmm. some aren't coachable yeah. and some are expecting more and some just may not want to work with me. Yeah. And so, you know, we're, we, we have our big boy pants on and we can handle that after about 40 years. Yeah. Uh, but the ones that do fall in, to that coachable process, yeah, they become wonderful clients. There you go. Hope you enjoyed part one of a two-part series with Larry and I in his living room. Join us next week for part two as we dive into many more fascinating and interesting topics. Bye for now.